What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. I got a bunch of stuff going on here in the wonderful world of sports. Remember, folks, this is an all sports podcast. So, well, yes, I know you're looking for your MLB waiver wire claims and you're looking for your dynasty fantasy football information. We cover it all here. So, uh, you know, I mean, this is this is more about, you know, this is the two of us and, and dropping some knowledge on everything that we cover and deal with. Uh, throughout. So we do have a fantasy baseball podcast over at fantasyalarm.com. If you're looking for all of that, Adam also does the waiver wire article. I mean, sure. We could talk about it here. Why not? But you know, in any event, what's up, Adam? How are you, man? Pretty good because I have fantasy sports and betting. Uh, the Mets have been depressing. So good thing I have uh, other alternatives to try and spark some happiness in my life. Yeah, dude, what's wrong with you guys? I mean, all right, let's let's all right. The obvious here, first and foremost, is that your one-two pitching punch kind of turned to to a little crap sandwich when Scherzer got tagged for the sticky stuff, and then he came back and after a ten-game suspension, and suddenly now he's got you know neck neck pain or whatever. So there's got to be some concern on on that front. Uh, Justin Verlander, you and I are recording here on Wednesday. So Justin Verlander will make his second start uh, in Cincinnati uh, coming up a, a little later on here in the day. So we don't have that to to talk about. But I mean, you guys aren't hitting. The, the pitching has been suspect at best. What's going on with you? Yeah, there's a lot of problems right now. I mean, the starters ERA has been horrendous during this extensive losing streak. You know, this was a a situation where they had a nice schedule where they should have taken advantage of Colorado, Detroit, Cincinnati, Washington, and they've not only non non-competitive in some of these games, they're just getting embarrassed. So um, the starters ERA, I think over the last like 14 games is seven. So that's a major problem. Uh, Scherzer clearly isn't a hundred percent. He's trying to fight through it. They scratched him on Tuesday. He said he might pitch this weekend. My guess is he lands on the IL, you know, they have to think long-term. Uh, even as bad as things are now, and they do sit seven games behind the Braves or eight games behind entering Wednesday, but they need to have Scherzer healthy here. And we knew that was one of the concerns with the age and the pitching staff. Verlander in his first start was okay. You know, he allowed two home runs in the first inning, settled down after that. Um, and then the offense, which was my biggest concern coming into the year because they didn't really do anything to improve the offense. And yes, they won 100 games, and over the course of the season, the numbers were good, but you know, if you're trying to win in the postseason, we saw it down the stretch and the tight games, the key games against the Braves and then Padres wild card series. They, they just couldn't hit and they don't have a lot of power. And, you know, we were on the same page. I thought the Braves were the better team. Said it before the year. I thought they were the best team. We, we took them to win the World Series in the FSGA uh, betting contest. Um, you know, I just think they're the better team. They have more power. They have more ways to beat you. Um, I know they have some concerns right now with Max Freed on the IL with forearm soreness and they're saying no Tommy John surgery, but he's not going to be out for a short period of time. So they, they have some concerns too, but that offense is so good. And that's the difference. Uh, you know, they can beat you with the home run and you saw it in the series last year, the last game of the series of the season, Braves were hitting home runs, Mets, if they didn't home runs, they were not scoring. So they have a lot of issues right now. Um, you know, David Peterson, I thought would be better. He came back up, wasn't good. I mean, Joey Lucchese, I mean, come on, man. Like, yeah, he had one good start against a shitty team. I guess it was the Giants, and, you know, he can get beat up. So Senga has been okay, but he walks too many guys. He just doesn't have pinpoint control. 
and it prevents them from going deep in a game. So, yeah, they just have a lot of issues right now. I'm hoping, you know, it's early in the season. We saw the Phillies get off to a really bad start last year and then make a big run. But I, I do think there's concerns with this team right now. And it's just bad that they're getting beat by these bad teams. I know the Tigers are on fire right now. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what happened, but Tigers are playing well. But still, it's no excuse, man. Those are games that you have to win. So, uh, you know, they have a couple hitters in the minor leagues tear it up. You know, for, uh, Alvarez has been good. He had two home runs on Tuesday. Um, I look at the numbers for his framing has been good. So they called him up. He struggled early, but he's starting to pick it up. Beatty's been pretty good. Get some of these young guys up. Vientos down there and the minors are tearing it up. Bring them up, man. I'm tired of Vogelbach, Kana, all these shitty guys, man, that just have bad events. Like last night, the Mets were rallying and the bases were loaded and Kana grounds into a double play. I mean, it's just... Yeah, they, they definitely have some issues. I'm hoping, again, we know every team goes through struggles, and we see a lot of good teams right now not playing well at all. I mean, the Mets could be the Cardinals or the White Sox, both teams at 13 and 24. It's not that bad yet. They're 17 and 19. But, man, they really have to start turning it around. You're 17 and 19. You're 3 and 12 in your last 15. That's yeah against bad you know, teams. really where, where, where it comes down to. I mean, I'm just looking, and, and yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously – yeah, you know, the pitching is is definitely something that. Uh, listen, the upside of Verlander and Scherzer. I mean, we'll have to see. Uh, you know, Jim Bowden seems to be pretty down on Scherzer. Very concerned about the the, the possibility. You know, because he struggled late last season, also uh, down the stretch, and then all of a sudden he comes back, and it's the sticky stuff scandal and the suspension, and 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 all of that went down. But you know, Verlander, if he if he's healthy, if he comes back, and he's good to go. You know, it, it definitely gives you a little bit of uh, stability there. On the offensive front, I'm blown away. One player on your team is hitting 300. One. And that's Brandon Nimmo at a flat 300 right now. You got McNeil at 280. You got Brett Beatty, who actually, you know, brought his batting average up to 271. So, uh, you know, good for the kid on that front there. But Lindor, 224. Alonzo, 237. Uh, Alvarez 241 and uh, at Starling Marte at 223. Did you know, like until the other day, they went like 22 straight games without scoring a run in the first inning. I did not know that. I tweeted out the other day. I was like the Mets scored a run in the first inning for the first time since 2016. Are you a Yerfy Nerfy better at all? Uh, Once in a while. I, I think I've done it once or twice this year. Um, so, I mean, it's tough. Like, you could look at all the data and you know how it, you know how it is. Some of these aces come out and they don't have a good first inning and then they cruise the rest of the game, you know? Right. So I'll look at it once in a while, but not a lot. I'm assuming you are not. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not really a Yerfy Nerfy better. I mean, you know, I... Yeah, you, you can look at it and say, uh, oh, you know, all right, let's take a look at, you know, the, you know, the 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 stats for certain teams, or let's take a look. And I'd be more inclined to bet a Yurfi than a Nerfy if the pit if one of the pitchers is just, you know, complete hot trash. Like I kind of figure at some point or another, you're you're looking at a um, you know, a situation where it pans out. But no, I mean, I think that it's uh you know, you, you can deal with, you know, some arbitrary shit. Take take the, the Dodgers uh, Milwaukee game that I just lost on. 
um, today. I had the first five innings. I had the under four. It was Kershaw against Miley. Um, Kershaw, you know, got a, a little banged up in his in his last outing, but Miley's been pitching very well. Dodgers terrible against left handed left handed pitching. Milwaukee even worse against left handed pitching. So I went with the uh, with the under for the first five innings, figuring these two you know, kind of square off. And uh, and it was two to one until we got into the top of the fourth. And all of a sudden, Wade Miley got in trouble. And all of a sudden, it went from like, shit, now it's Freddie Freeman up at bat. And, you know, it's two outs. So I can hope. But overall, you know, not too good. You know, I, again, I feel like Yerfy Nerfy betting is, um, you know, I think there's I think there's a lot more luck to it than there is skill, believe it or not. Yeah, I mean, look, there are certain trends you could look at and be like, oh, this pitcher is 5-0 and on no runs first inning and the opposing one is 4-1, and and we know how that goes. So um, I think I might have done it once this year in one of my videos. So, but yeah, so I haven't done it recently. I might look at some data and see if something stands out. But yeah, I do think there's some element of luck to it, and there is in every aspect of sports betting, but maybe more so in that one. Uh, Cause again, a pitcher might not have it in the first inning and give up a home run, a couple hits and then settle down and not give up anything. So we often see that with the top aces. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, um, I don't, so I don't do it a lot. I mean, I'm more into the first five or game uh, run line or spread totals uh, and player props. Those are the things I look at more. I mean, one of the days I was filling in for you and the MLB best bets, I had Milwaukee first five money line. They were up two. Giants tie it. Then in the fifth, the Brewers scored two runs to take a 6-4 lead. And then Corbin Burns gave up three in the bottom of the fifth. I was like, really, man? <laughs> so I think the play was right. But hey, you know, so those things happen sometimes, unfortunately. Uh, we could go with the uh, that's baseball, Susan. That's yeah, that's, that's now a that's it, baseball, Susan. That's a consistent drop on the fantasy alarm show. Like, I know, yeah. and they actually played it on our show um, Tuesday night. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, uh, reminds <laughs> me of the podcast. <laughs> it's a fan favorite now. It really is. I mean, I mean, because I mean, listen, how how else do you explain certain things? Like that's that's the funny thing, and you know that that people don't realize, right? I, I, it's not so much that they don't realize. I think the casual better, the casual fan doesn't really understand the, the fact that when a 30% success rate is considered hall of fame level, like that's, that's a big deal. That's that, that me, I'm, I'm willing to bet. I think it is harder. You take any sport in there. I think it is much more difficult to hit a 95 mile an hour fastball than I don't know catching a pass in football. I mean, sure, you know, yeah, if you're if you're going up and you know somebody's about to hit you or something like that, that you know, there's there's something there. But you know, when it comes to like an actual skill to to advance the ball, to, to I, I think baseball is easily the the most difficult out there. That and golf. Um, and I don't play golf, but people will say that. But yeah, look, if anyone just go stand in a batting cage facing a 90 mile power fastball, that's straight. <laughs> you're you're not you're gonna be like, oh shit. So there's no doubt about it. And now you're talking about almost everyone in the majors now, or not everyone, but especially the bullpen arms, they're all throwing 95 to 100. So they're not throwing straight most of the time. There's sliders, 
there's curves, there's changeups. It's insane, man. And I don't think people, when you see it on TV, it doesn't, you're like, oh, okay. You got to stand in the box or sit behind home plate. And then you realize, holy shit, this is insane. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely something that that very few people really understand. I think. I mean, listen, you know, yes, is is football a, a physically taxing sport and the hitting? Of course, it is. I'm just talking about you know throwing a pass, catching a pass, uh, you know, versus trying to hit a, a ninety-five mile an hour fastball, hitting a jump shot. Right. I mean, yeah, you can always throw in some mitigating circumstances that when you're trying to hit a jump shot, you've got these like big meaty paws in your face and slapping at you like that. Um, But, you know, I mean, listen, that's, you know, that's the name of the game there. I think if you're just hitting like a, you know, a free throw, oops, piece of cake in comparison, unless you're Shaq. Right. I mean, anyone, anyone could throw a ball up and it can bounce, you know. You can get the bounce, but trying to hit a 95 mile per hour fastball. Yeah. Good luck with that. A very small amount of the population can do that. And you probably either played high school, college ball or had some background. Yeah. Not me. Strikeout King, step in the bucket, whatever you want to, whatever, whatever you want to say. I, um, (laughs) I'm, 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 you know, almost legally blind in my left eye and I'm right-handed. So like imagine growing up and and hitting right-handed and not being able to even see the ball when it's coming at you. It was uh it was it was never good. I was a much better defensive player than I was an offensive player in baseball. And I'll leave it at that. And I'll leave it at that. Cuz uh maybe listen, maybe who knows? Maybe I can play for the Mets. Nobody's hitting over there, so you might as well just bring in Bender. My Yankees taking a little bit of a turn here. We just swept the Oakland A's, which thankfully uh, you know, something that we uh that that we desperately needed. And the Yankees are now three out of four uh with wins. They got a series coming up against Tampa that is going to be absolutely crucial. Um, and I'll say this, man, you know what? With the way everything's going in baseball, my fantasy baseball season right now, I gotta tell you, I'm pretty content with where I'm at in uh in, in my leagues. You know, I'm like I'm in fifth place in my great fantasy baseball invitational. I'm in fifth place in the tout wars draft and hold. I'm in fourth place in the FSGA league. Like I'm sitting there, I'm top five, top six. Uh, I think I'm, I'm, you know, in the barf league, I'm like, that's the one league where I'm the the lowest in there, but you know, definitely, um, definitely working out. Well, there's a lot of crazy shit going on in baseball though. Like we were talking about it the other day on the show, uh, and we were actually talking about building a, a, a segment about it, but I'm going to preview it here with you. Um, didn't see that coming. Is the uh, is the name of the segment, and I guess it it all kind of centers around Brent Rooker. I mean, this dude right now has just been absolutely like mind numbing, mind numbing with with what he's done. And uh, and I'm curious when you when you look at that, and I, you know what, even even the, the, at the level that. Eduardo Rodriguez is pitching right now. Like certain things that I just didn't see coming. Brent Rooker, obviously one of them. And, uh, you know, yeah, I didn't think Eduardo Rodriguez would be on this kind of a tear, uh, you know, even, even this early in the, uh, in the season. What about you? Are you looking at anything thinking, wow, this is uh, fucked up. There's a lot of shit that's going on that I just didn't see it happening. 
Yeah, definitely with um, Rodriguez. That was definitely the name I was going to bring up. I've always kind of liked him. He's kind of disappointed, but definitely didn't see that coming. I would say, you know, I was not sure what to do with this guy, but my inclination was to stay away. Cody Bellinger, man, seven homers, nine steals, 291 average, 365 OBP. And my thinking was, hey, if the Dodgers don't want you back and they don't think they can turn you around, I think that's kind of a red flag and Bellinger has been really good. Um, and I just like, he was one of those players. There's always like a handful of players where I like, I'm just not sure in every sport. I'm like, you know, I go back and forth. I'm like, okay, I see it here. I don't see it. And Bellinger was one of those guys. He's been really, really good. Um, so was that, Andy, was that sound somebody uh, swiping right on you? No, 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 no. I'm not on any <laughs> dating apps. <Stop. laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Come on. Uh, keep okay. Um, I would say another guy is Yandy Diaz. I know we spoke about him a few weeks ago, but we always knew he was good on base percentage, but the loft to fly balls, the launch angle. Now, I mean, that to me is going to want to being probably one of the best picks of the draft for where he went because he's hitting a top the raise lineup. So he's going to score a lot of runs. Now he's got power. Uh, he can hit for average OBP. Um, so that's been one of the surprises. Um, you mentioned Brent Rooker for sure. I mean, geez, 10 home runs, 313. Uh, didn't see that coming. Um, I was going to say, I mean, he's been a surprise, but I'm not surprised. It was just a matter of playing time. Josh Lowe from Tampa Bay. Um, and I was able to pick him up in labor. I did draft him in an NFPC draft champions league. So, um, that one, um, was more about getting the playing time. Um, uh, I'd say, so those are some of the bats on the pitching side. There's probably a lot more. Let me see pitching wise. Well, let me, let me just start with Mitch Keller. Can we just start with yeah. Mitch Keller? Oh my God. The first, I mean, this, the sweeper pitch that, that a lot of guys are throwing and we're seeing, we're seeing, you know, top name pitchers who are also kind of throwing this new sweeper, which is like the new it pitch, you know, uh, Nestor Cortez, of the Yankees is throwing it. I saw you Darvish and Shoei Otani. Uh, they were throwing it, but I mean, if you want to talk about like an impact about what adding this pitch is done, I think Mitch Keller is probably the poster child right now. Yep. And this is the first year I don't have him. He's been a guy that I take <laughs> every year. Really? You take yeah. him every year? I do. Yeah. I mean, I just, it felt like that he had the stuff and, you know, he just couldn't put it together. And I'm like, you know what? I'm out this year. And of course, this is the year that he's putting it all together and look really good as the Pirates are. One of those top stories right now in baseball, um, you know, who would have thought here on uh, May 10th that the Pirates would be in first place and have a better record than the Mets. Uh, but that's the case. Uh, as we say, that's baseball, Susan. Uh, <laughs> but yes, Mitch Keller has certainly been one of the biggest surprises. And I don't think there's anything fluky in what we've seen from him. It seems like this is something that is sustainable. Like I wouldn't be looking to sell high on him at this point. Uh, you know, I guess the one concern you would have, well, oh, the Pirates are going to be a good team. Are they going to win games? Uh, I think they will come back a little bit, but I think there's enough here that he could, you know, get some wins. He's got four already, ERA at 272. Um, he's really limited the hard contact here. Uh, the walk rate is down. The K rate is way up. Uh, you know, his X ERA is 323. So, yeah, I, I think this is uh, sustainable. So I think that's definitely been one of the, Top value picks for sure. Um, 
I'm trying to see. Uh, we taught Justin Steele, I guess. He's been a really good pick. You know, he went I actually late. have shares of Justin Steele. I, I actually, I kind of dug him. He was going, yeah, you know. You didn't think he'd be a late. top 10 pitcher right now. No, no, no. I didn't think he would be a top 10 pitcher right now. Right. I mean, no, I mean, come on, that, that, that's, that's insane. I also didn't think that the fucking Yankees would be sitting in last place right now. So, you know, what I'm saying, you know, was I, I was, worth, I was, was in worth. on Justin Steele as a nice, like late value pick, somebody who could, you know, just be like a good stable, like number four or five starter on my fantasy team. The fact that he's doing what he's doing right now is phenomenal because that just, that kind of helps along certain things like in in a league where i have you know justin Steele kind of anchoring things it's also because sandy alcantara sucks balls and uh and 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 i lost jeffrey springs too so but i'm I'm being held together because justin Steele is doing what he's doing yeah i mean yeah there are people like them late but i mean i think still what he's given you has definitely been i don't think anyone saw this coming uh you know you don't expect anyone outside of the top elite to sit here with a one four five a year and a zero point nine five whip. How about this guy? Uh, wasn't drafted on any teams that I know of. So let's see if you know he's a reliever. He has okay. a zero. He has a zero point one seven whip, and he hasn't allowed a run. And he's only allowed. Is it uh, three hits? Do you know who I'm talking about? Um, I probably do because I wrote about a particular relief pitcher from the American League East by the name of Yenier Cano. Yeah, man. It is unbelievable the numbers he is putting up. I mean, it's sick. And we know it's going to take an injury to Felix Bautista for him to close. And Bautista has been a little bit shaky lately with the walks. He walked three Mm -hmm. He walked mm-hmm. three, I think, yesterday, but got the four-out save or two days ago. So I don't think they're going to pull him from the roll. But, man, Cano has just been – and we say it every year. There's always relievers that kind of come out of nowhere that put up numbers. But the numbers he, are, he are, is putting up now, and that's – you know, with those starting pitchers that are getting blown up, I think you could put him, especially a deep league, I, I don't mind putting him into the lineup, man. Um, if he And you don't expect these dominant numbers to continue, but there's value in – having him in your lineup. It's better to have him in for maybe three games in a given week than some of these shitty pitchers that are getting absolutely blown up. Well, that was, that's the thing. And, you know, and I've said this time and time again, if you're going to make these late round picks uh, and try and, you know, try and get these potential closers in waiting, you got to get a guy who is going to help you with strikeouts and your ratios right now. It's a guy who is at least going to be productive on your roster. And I'm not even talking about, you're not using them in, in like a weekly lineup league. You're probably, unless you're like absolutely desperate, but in like a, in a league where you can make daily roster moves, um, like Cano is like, you know, the ideal guy to kind of move in and out of that, uh, you know, of your active roster because they're using him. He's pitching beautifully. The strikeout rate is uh, is absolutely spectacular. Um, it's great. I've actually so here my uh, my article in the uh, in the New York Post uh, on May seventh, twenty twenty three. Keep an eye on Yanir Cano to grab Orioles closer role. And that was you know I, I talked about the fact that you know Bautista has had some shaky moments that he's walking guys uh, too much over his last. Over his, his four outings, right leading right up until I till I wrote that article, 
you know, Bautista had walked uh, six batters and given up two hits and, and a run. And, uh, you know, it was like, if if you're looking at a team that, I mean, what, Baltimore's second in the, uh, in the AL East right now behind Tampa Bay, they've got some great shit going on over there. You can't be giving away games late and you can't be allowing a guy like Bautista to put runners on base uh, at that point. You know, the only thing I think holding Cano back is that he's just he's so good that why wouldn't you just put him, you know, instead of just saying, damn, he's my closer. Be like, you know, listen, anywhere from the sixth, sixth through uh, ninth inning when we're winning any tough spot, Cano's got to be the guy. Yeah, and I think that's why multiple innings too. And Bautista, it's really the walks that are hurting him. And he did have a 9.1% walk rate last year, but he's striking out so many guys. He has a 40.5% strikeout rate. His X area is 259. Uh, he's in the 100th percentile of whiff percentage, 88th percentile of barrel percentage. So, you know, the walks have not come back to hurt him just because he's been so dominant. Uh, and I, I don't see them making a change, but. You know, you want to have the next man up. And we know in most competitive leagues, almost every setup man that's in line for a closer gig is rostered. And again, Cano has kind of value uh, right now with the way he is just dominating. I mean, those numbers are sick. They're sick. And that's why, like, there's always relievers that come out of nowhere. No one was talking about Cano before the year. No, I mean, he was he was crap for Minnesota. He had like an 11 ERA in 13 appearances for the twins last year. And they were like, uh, bye-bye. We're, we're good. We got to set you down. So I, you know, I mean, yeah, obviously something like that, totally, totally out of the blue. That's a, that's a tough one to, uh, to, to catch lightning on. Um, Matt Chapman. How about Matt Chapman leads the, uh, the American mm-hmm. league in both doubles and batting average right now. The batting average is absolutely a surprise. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he'd have a better year. Uh, he's always been a guy that makes a lot of hard contact. I'm trying to remember, do I? If I do have him, it's only one league. So I'm not saying like, oh, he was a target of mine, but I thought he would bounce back. You know, a second year with the Blue Jays. Um, I figured the power to be there, but not the average. So yeah, that is. You don't expect Matt Chapman to give you batting average. That's the one thing. You knew the power could be there. We've seen some big years with Oakland. Um, so I'm not surprised at the power in the uh, ribbies and a lot of the stat cast numbers are really good for him. Uh, but the 349 average like that, I, I don't see it lasting. Uh, but he is making insane hard contact right now. Um, the strikeout rate too is, you know, the best in like four years, you know, he was over 30% two years in a row, 27.4 last year, 24.8 this year. So it's dropped a little and his walk rate has always been good. The last three years, it's always been a double digit rate. So yeah, he's just, tearing it up right now um here's one um actually you know i I found a couple more bats taylor walls man i know he doesn't play every day but holy shit six homers six steals 365 obp i actually have him in my home league it is daily um it sucks though because he doesn't play every day didn't didn't, didn't he do this last year too like came up for it like this got came when he got called up he he like he he was like impressing everybody. He was like huge on waivers. Everyone was going nuts on him, uh, and then he de- yeah, and then he like slipped back and he and he fell back into a, a like a like a lame side of the platoon. Yeah, did he have a stretch like this though? Because his overall numbers last year were pretty bad. I don't remember if he had a, a stretch this good, but um, uh, you know what, man? I, I I see. That's what I love about the internet is that yes. I can go back and I can look. 
and see what his game log looked like last year. Cause I think I, that's a, that's a very telling thing because I think if, if he's available oh, wow, in yeah. your league, Holy shit. Yeah. He had a stretch last year. It looks like July. Oh no, wait, I'm looking at the wrong thing here. Um, nah, yeah, I don't know. I remember him for his overall numbers suck last year. I don't see a ridiculous stretch. Funny. Look, scanning this real quickly. Yeah, I don't think so because his overall numbers were pretty bad last year. Yeah, I'm trying to see if there was anything anywhere where he really kind of beefed up, but no, I don't see anything there. Razor. So, just- uh, maybe that's. Maybe- I know another guy. I mean, I did take him late. I have him in Tout Wars, but he's been pretty good. TJ Friedel. Um, yeah, I would. You know what? Him and him and Jake Fraley were two guys who were like just super late round targets for uh, for both of us uh, in this offseason, just because we knew that he was going to get the playing time. Yeah, I took him and um, I know I have him in Tout Wars. I think I have him in the NFBC Online Championship. Fraley, I only wound up getting. In labor, um, I had to bench him this week because he was dealing with like a little bit of a back issue. You have to in a weekly too. You have to see if the lefties are on the mound. They play they, they play Friedel more against left-handed pitching. Fraley, they really don't. But good ballpark opportunity to play. So yeah, those were a couple of reasons why I was looking at him. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, here's t- one. T- and here, I by the I- way, Taylor Taylor Walls last year, first month of the season. Played 16 games, had a home run, six runs scored, two RBI, but he had four stolen bases and was batting 256. So in in a year where everybody was like, I need stolen bases, this dude had four in the first month and people jumped all over him. The rest of the way, dog shit. Yeah. Did not did not bat 200 for an entire for a month. For the rest of the way of the season, his highest monthly batting average last year was 188, where he got into 20 games, had 81 plate appearances in the month of July. Taylor fucking walls, everybody. Yeah, Taylor. that it's the man that the Tampa. I mean, they got so many guys who should be playing more, and they just can't get everyone in with Lowe, Margot, and all these guys and walls and. Wow, it's just they're loaded. Did you? There, there was a guy. Uh, do you listen to WFAM while you're out there? Not as much anymore. No. The guy Evan Roberts, I guess, was his yeah, name. I know him. Yeah. Okay, so he apparently said that the he, he accused the Rays of cheating. Yeah, I didn't. I saw the headline. I didn't see the reasoning why, but uh, Yandy Diaz with you know nine home runs, Taylor Walls with six home runs. Um, you know their pitching has just been. They've been doing this for years, Like, the Rays are, like, one of the most well-run teams. They take guys from other organizations. It's They're not the only team doing this, too. The Dodgers do this, right? How many times do we go, oh, that team took a player? I'm interested. So, like, why? Because they're off to this phenomenal start? What's the What's the other proof? I mean – Oh, I dude, know. I hate it. I, I thought I thought what Robert said was dog shit, and I was like, Really? Like is is that because that's that's the that's the, the world in which we live. Like you can't you can't possibly be doing well without cutting some corners right now, right? You right. have to be cheating in some fashion or another. It's, I I hate it. I hate that that's that's what everybody turns to now, and and we're we're kind of we're kind of conditioned with that because 
between the steroid era and then the the spider tax stuff that went down, uh, you know, last year that MLB has been cracking down on so much. Like that's just that's everybody's go to right now. They can't just appreciate a, a strong organization doing great things with not a lot of components. I mean, yeah, like, come on. A Randy Rosarena has always had the talent and they acquired from the Cardinals. I mean, we've seen him in the WBC, in the playoffs, come up big in clutch spots. I mean, he was a target for me. I loved him in round three. I didn't get him in as many leagues as I want. I pay, I kept him in my home league, uh, which is actually one of my worst leagues this year, bro. I kind of, I dominate that league and my team is just fucking not that good. Um, <laughs> I'm not ready to, I know there's guys in my league that listen to the podcast and they're like, Oh, is he thinking about rebuilding? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. It's Sounds not like that. Adam's tanking. Yeah. So, um, our guy, you know, Marty from Canada. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't think uh, so. I think, I think you probably, well, I know he listens and he's in fucking first place. So Fucking, I'm not inviting him to the leagues anymore. Good man. job, Marty. Nah, Good fuck job. you. Fuck you, Oh, uh, fuck you, bro. And he Come likes on. when I curse, He's too. such a crybaby. He likes when I curse, too. He said there was not enough cursing in that podcast the other day. I expect you to make up for it next week. So, <laughs> fuck you, Marty. You like that? How about that now? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, are, are you a, you're a total sore loser, aren't you? I'm not, a sore lo- I'm not a sore loser. I fucking hate losing, man. You know that. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. I can't stand losing. I said this to someone the other day. It could be, I don't make 25 cents bets, but say I did. I don't want to fucking lose it. Yeah, okay, wow, you lost a quarter. No, I don't like losing. So, um, but back to the Rays, Wander Franco, I think we were both on the same page. We weren't buying him this year. We look like idiots right now. (laughs) Such idiots. Uh, Right? I mean, look, I guess, look, he always had the pedigree. He had the talent. He's young, but we just never really saw the power. Seven homers, nine steals, hitting 310. So you got him. But see, we were wrong because we were like, well, we want to see it. But is it a surprise he's doing this? No, he's been one of the top prospects in baseball. Like right. this, you know, so it's not like all oh, this shit came out of nowhere. Um, and with Andy Diaz, it's like we knew he's a good hitter. It's just like, well, he just pounds the ball on the ground. He doesn't hit fly balls. We've seen multiple players over the years change their swing path, launch angle and hit home runs. The dude is jacked. It's not that surprising. He made a, a change there. So, like, where, Josh Lowe struggled last year. How many times do we see prospects come up and struggle? He's made adjustments, and now he's good. I mean, we knew we had the talent. So, like, where on this team are we like, oh, this came out of nowhere? Like, I don't get it. You know? Who's it's not the, like they, who's the Who's the hitting coach for the Rays? You know, I don't even know offhand. Because, I mean, got to give credit where credit's due. So the whole coaching staff and this whole organization, man, like I want their fucking GM for the Mets. Let's see. What do we got? Hitting coach is uh, Chad Matola. I don't know. Chad yeah. Matola, assistant hitting coach, Dan Dement, assistant hitting coach, Brady North. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not seeing <laughs> I don't see any, any, any big names over here at all. So you got to love that. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's. And- I didn't see this. So uh, there was an article March 4th about Tampa Bay's hitting philosophy. Um, and it just talked about how um, the team Where's is changing. That? Where's that article? The Tampa Bay.com. So by Mark Tompkin, it says the team is changing the approach and maybe even a bit of the philosophy uh, philosophy used by the hitting coaches. Wow. About uh, much of the talk in the cage of this spring has been about seeing the baseball, which isn't only about vision, but being comfortable, relaxed and prepared in the batter's box. Um, so making better decisions about what pitches are best to get a good swing at 
than, rather than the mechanics of uh, like bat path, swing plane, and launch angle. Uh, well, it's working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and look, they're pitching, man. Like, look, they bring Drew Rasmus that comes over from walking. He's good. You know, the obviously, we know Tyler Glass now wasn't great with Pittsburgh. He comes over. He's fucking dominant. Obviously, he's not been healthy, but um, yeah, man, it's just a well-run organization. I, I hated that claim too, man. You know, like, again, pinpoint to me where all these untalented hitters are all good all of a sudden. Like they all were either top prospects that struggled or made a change or, you know, were acquired from another organization and mm-hmm. have delivered. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. I hate that bullshit, man. And and you would be like as a Yankee fan, you would be like, oh, I'm buying into it. But, you know, you're uh, uh, subjective here. I mean, like, come on, man. It's just so just Tampa Bay is always do. They made the World Series several years back. And they never spend. I'm subjective. I've been objective about this. That's what I mean. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's what I mean. Like you could, as a Yankee fan, you could have been like, yeah, they are cheating. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Oh yeah. You gotta be, you gotta look at it and be like, check his glove up. Check his glove. Like I, again, I just don't see anything here that I look at and go, oh yeah, something, something's not right here. And look, maybe we're proven wrong. And there's like this big scandal, but I think you, like to me, that's just trying to get a headline, and it's obviously work because people are fucking talking about it. Yeah, well, that's that you know, and that's the thing is that all of a sudden, all it takes, you know, where, there, where there's smoke, there's fire, and all it takes is for one person to turn around and, and make that stupid comment, and that's that's what's that's 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 the legs. It's all the legs that it's going to need uh, for that. But yeah, I mean, listen, no, you can you can tell like there are certain things like you and I both in on Shane McClanahan this year. Oh, both yeah, of us yeah. talking about him as far as like Cy Young. We know the talent level there. Um, I think we both drifted towards Zach Eflin once yes. he went from the Phillies to the Rays. You were like, yeah. oh. I, I was drafting him when he was on the Phillies. I've had him a lot over the last. I had him. Year. I had him on the Phillies too. But like, I he was he became a target when he yes. went to the Rays, and he was a late pick. I mean, it didn't cost much. So it didn't yeah, cost anything. Yeah. yeah, no. Look, I think you have to look at that. We talking about in football with coaching and systems. Like, there's certain organizations that know what they're doing, and if they're mm-hmm. acquiring a player on the cheap or they're taking on someone in another organization who didn't pan out, you have to take note. I mean, it did burn me a little bit um, with Noah Syndergaard, but I should have fucking known the velocity's not there. But I'm like, hey, the Dodgers are taking a chance on him, and obviously that has not worked out. Uh, but the Dodgers are one of those organizations, the Rays, uh, the Giants with pitching. You know, I you, you see with some of the pitchers that have come there. Um, look, look how good Alex Cobb is right now. And mm-hmm. I know he yeah. kind of – underperformed his metrics the last couple of years, but I still went back to Cobb. He's been good. Um, Dee Sclafani, I know, you know, I get Dee Sclafani the other night, gave up five runs and seven hits in the first inning, but that he wound up uh, getting to the sixth inning without giving up much more. That is the fucking man. You know, how many of these guys fucking do that in the first, second inning, they're done and they inflate your ERA. That's that, that stat line was not as bad as it could have been. So at least he stayed in there, but yeah, there's just certain organizations, you know, and Tampa Bay is right at the top of the list. So I think it, I just hated hearing that. And that's why I didn't really look into it because I don't know. Did you hear the whole thing? Did you hear the rant? Did you see anything like what was his reasoning for it? Oh, I know. I, I, I saw the headline and I was like, I'm, I'm not even going to dignify this. Yeah, I, I didn't, it doesn't it, like it, it doesn't even matter what he's saying. It's just that he's accusing them of some sort of impropriety as opposed to just appreciating what they're bringing to the table right now. Here's the crazy part about them too, right? You would say they have no home field advantage, correct? 
Right. Yeah. No fans. Nobody goes to those games. They're 19 and three at home. Yeah. And look, we know they're going to cool off, right? This can't continue. I mean, they're going to go through a losing streak. The division is so tough. I mean, every team in that division is four games above 500. Every team. So, you know, this is, it's not going to be easy. Um, you mentioned that you got the Yankees coming up there. I guess they're staying in New York for like six days. Cause they, I think they play the Mets mm-hmm. in, in city yeah. field early next week. So yeah, look, this team, I know they haven't won the world series yet, right? They haven't won. They, they lost that year. They got there right to the Phillies. Yes. They haven't won yet. So, but still, man, they're a model organization, man. Um, I kind of hope they do win a world series as long as it's a year that the Mets don't make it. Um, which is probably every year. <laughs> it's amazing, you know. I'll tell you what, though, it's it's kind of amazing with the transformation that the the Rays have have made. Because, like, I mean, I don't know, you know, who on this podcast or listening to this podcast like really remembers when the Rays first came into into the league, and you know, they were having all sorts of issues. Um, you know, they had all these, you know, they had all these great draft picks, but. You know, the 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 picks that they were making, I mean, they were just there were there were some bad players in there. Um, hyped players that just, you know, horrible character, maybe had some talent that like I'm you know, I'm thinking about guys like remember Delman Young? Yeah. Elijah Dukes. Elijah Dukes, yep. I was just gonna mention him. Um, you know, they they just they they've had a a, a string of of players that, you know, were just, you know, their farm system was rated highly, but if you looked at the performance and you looked at the character, um, I mean, it was just dog shit. And then somewhere, somewhere in, in you know, like <laughs> somewhere around the turn of the century, things kind of shifted for them. And I'm, I'm very curious to see, like, you know, to like dig in. I'm maybe we, maybe we have Jason Collette join us on, on the, uh, on the podcast here and, uh, and get the, the rundown here for the Rays and really like, where it kind of turned around for them because that's, I mean, it's been, it's been great to watch that organization on the contrary. How about an organization that's been shit in the bed so much that uh, you're, you're pulling your hair out. Hello, St. Louis. Oh my goodness. What the fuck? Yeah, bro. I don't, I don't know what's going on. And they were the heavy favorites to win the division. I thought they had one of the better lineups top to bottom. Uh-huh. In baseball, and man, it's just been brutal. I mean, the pitching is really a problem. You know, Jack Flaherty sucks. Matt's, you know, Michaelis is okay but hittable. They just got Wayne right back. They just don't have the pitching right now. And then these decisions and the situation with Wilson Contreras sending Jordan Walker down, Tyler O'Neill on the IL. I wonder if he really has a back injury, or we know him and Marmol clearly don't see eye to eye. I mean, look, there's. There's way to handle things, and Marmol was took it to the media with Tyler O'Neill. If you remember, Javier Baez didn't hustle this year, and it was done behind the scenes. Took him to the back, talked to him, and what happened? Baez has turned it around and is on fire. So the way you handle things with people is a big deal. And I, I'm not saying that whole incident with O'Neill was a big reason why, but I don't like doing that in the media. You know, he should have dealt with O'Neill behind the scenes. You could clearly see there's some tension there between those two. And there's probably more underlying things, but this is embarrassing. I mean, they're 13 and 24 last place in this division. I mean, I don't think anyone saw this coming. 
Um, no, I don't think anybody saw it coming at all. And, and it's just, to me, I'm just, you know, watching it unfold in just horrific fashion, like really horrific fashion, because it's like, I mean, you know, you're, you're looking at it and, you know, I'm thinking about it, you know, even just not even in a baseball standpoint stance, but from a fantasy standpoint here, I mean, I can look at it in, in both directions, but like the big issue that I've got right now and, and, and wondering is, you know, you've got Contreras who has just, you know, if you can't have him behind the plate because he can't call a game and defensively, he's just not where, where he should be. And I think that's really what it is. It's just the fact that, you know, and, and you know, that he just doesn't call a good game. Uh, and the pitchers are so used to Yadier Molina that, you know, this has been a problem, but what's going to happen here is that if Contreras is going to be fucking DHing because you just paid that dude, you know, $80 million for five years, well, then somebody's going to suffer. And like, where does that suffering happen? Nolan Gorman was supposed to be their, their, you know, their, their DH because they prefer Brendan Donovan's defense at second base. But now you're going to have to like, you're going to have to work those guys into a platoon. I know Donovan can, you know, move out to the outfield while, while Tyler O'Neill is on the IL, but still, you know, you're just, you're, you're just looking in a, in a very sketchy spot here from a fantasy standpoint, because they've just got too many guys and, you know, and none of them are, are performing with any kind of consistency. Yeah, it definitely hurts. I mean, Gorman's a guy that they really can't take out of the lineup right now. They'll sit him against lefties, but he's kind of got to play. Um, you know, Arenado's gotten off to a, a horrendous start. I know he had multiple home runs in a game the other day, but he's been bad. Um, you know, Carlson, Newtbar, Burleson, who's cooled off. Um, but, yeah, they have a lot of guys. And moving Contreras to the DH is, is a real problem because that means someone loses playing time. And, you know, people are probably still holding on to Jordan Morker, hoping he gets the call up again. Um, but they, they're probably going to have to make a trade. They're going to have to move one or two of these bats. They really need pitching. Um it's amazing that they've been able to have success with the pitching they've had over the last couple of years, but it's a problem right now. They just don't have guys that get a lot of strikeouts uh, and almost every pitching staff has guys that get K's, but they don't, man. I mean, just a lot of contact being made against these pitchers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not exactly the staff that you want pitching to contact. Oh man, so unbelievably frustrating. So unbelievably frustrating. But you know, listen, that's uh I'm not gonna say that's baseball, Susan. That's nope. just you have to like you have to look and see. And and the question is, is really is how you know how long of a leash do you give before you start, you know, kind of making those adjustments? I mean, you know, I, I have Wilson Contreras in a couple of spots and it doesn't really affect me in fantasy because he's going to keep, you know, they're going to keep DHing. It's him. actually, yeah, better for him. He's going to less wear and tear if he's not catching. So from a fantasy perspective, it's good for Contreras. It's the, he's, but he's the only one that it's good for. I'm sitting here holding Jordan Walker in a, in a bunch of spots. They definitely need to. And again, I, I don't like Ali Marmel. I don't think he's, he's, you know, he's, he's a, a, Decent, you know, a decent manager. You talked about the fact that he brings it out to the public and, and that's just you don't want to air the dirty laundry. But for the same token, they're also like, why are you fucking sending down Jordan Walker, who's outperforming every other outfielder on your team? He's out. He's outperforming almost every other player on your team, with the exception of Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, like, what are you what are you doing there? Like, to me. 
to me, you know what that was? That was not only not not only was that Marmol just being a, a, a just an idiot, but that's John Mozeliak turning around and being like, "This team's a fucking problem right now," and I'm gonna send Walker back down and leave him in there until I get that extra year of eligibility for you know for him, and uh, and and then I'll pull him back up. And we'll sort things out then. And I think that was just a, that that just a just a shit move. Like overall, um, when you see you know, and listen, I mean, I, I shit move from a from a fantasy standpoint. If you're a Cardinals fan, you're obviously frustrated, but you're like, yeah, you know what, Mosellock's making the right move here in the sense of you do want to keep Walker, uh, you know, for for an extra year of control. You don't want to let that go. And if you've got these guys who are just starting off like dog shit. You know, why Why drag the kid down even further? Yeah, and they're kind of fortunate as well that as bad as they're playing, they're only seven and a half out of first place. And there's really no one that you feel fearful of running away with this, right? I mean, as great as the Pirates story is, um, do we really buy into them? And they're one in nine in their last 10 games. So, and they lost again on Wednesday afternoon. So, and the Brewers, they have issues. They're two and eight in their last 10. So <laughs> the Cardinals, would it be surprised? Now I'm starting to think, hmm, should I look at the Cardinals division odds and bet on it? No. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, look, again, it's it's hard to buy into them. Now they have won three in a row going into Wednesday to put them at 13 and 24, which is still bad. But I think that's the one thing. This division is... Not, I don't see anyone running away with it. Whereas if you're in the NL East, yeah, the Braves are fucking good. You have to worry about them really running away with it, um, even though they have some injuries to the pitching staff, but they're legit. Um, you know, the AL East, you really have to worry about falling too far behind because there's so many good teams. Um, but in a lot of these other divisions, like as bad as Houston has been, and, you know, Luis Garcia, Jose Arquiti, they're 500. They're only three and a half out of first. So, there's a lot of these teams. I mean, I don't know about the White Sox, though. They're another disappointing team. Uh, they're probably the AL version of the Cardinals, I guess. 13 and 24 <laughs> as well. Um, six and a half out, though. Um, but, yeah, they've been pretty, pretty bad, man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, a lot of these divisions are still – because I know it's only early May, but, you know, no one really feels completely out of it yet. No, they don't. They don't. All right. I'm going to look at, I'm looking at some division winner futures. You ready? Yeah. What are the Cardinals? All right, here we go. Cardinals are plus three fifty. That fuck you, man. Plus three fifty. Yeah. Come on, man. That's not a Yeah, man. So see, they're thinking the same way I am. I thought that's a shitty number for a team. That's 13 to 24. Brewers are Brewers are minus one fifty. Oh. Cardinals are plus three fifty. Cubs are sick plus 600. Pirates are plus 700. Reds are wow. plus 6,000. Damn. Oh, man. That's not a good. What are the White Sox? The White Sox. Gotta be uh, pl better plus, than plus 950 to win yeah. that division now. Yeah. Guardians. The Guardians are still a plus 200 second favorite. Yeah, because they're not buying the Tigers, but I guess they're not buying the Twins either. Hmm. Twins have some good pitching, though, man. Twins, I like are, twins are minus 165. Guardians are plus 200. White Sox plus 950. Tigers plus 2200. Royals plus 20,000. Hmm. 
Well, AL East, that's the interesting one. I bet you they're all, what, plus 300? No, nah, the Red, Red Sox are probably the lo- worst, I would think. The Red Sox are the worst at plus 2,800. You are correct. What? Plus 2,800? Yep. Wow. Holy shit. I mean, I get it. The other teams are better, but, yeah, they are eight out. So the Yankees see, are. See if you can guess. Yankees. See if you can guess the rest of the AL East. I mean, the Rays clearly are one. I'm gonna say uh, minus one eighty. One seventy. Okay. I would say second is man. It's a betting market. I they can't have the Yankees second. I'm gonna say Blue Jays are second. Mm-hmm. They are that, plus plus three eighty. Mm, that is interesting. Another seven and a half out, but hmm. Okay. <sighs> I'm going to, ooh, damn, Yankees, Orioles. The problem with the Yankees is that they're a public team. But I also think there's a lot of public outcry that this team is not good and has issues. Now, they are going to get Severino back shortly. They'll get Stanton back. You figure they just got Judge back. You figure they're going to make a deal. Uh, I'm going to say the Yankees are over the Orioles. Yankees are over the Orioles. They're plus uh, 475. Orioles plus 1,700. Actually. Whoa, which I mean, I, which I find very interesting. I, I would love to see, you know, I, I guess because the problem is, is that as good as this it. offense can be yeah. and this offense can definitely be good. Mm. I just don't see Mike Elias really investing in that, like that frontline ace that they need. And that you hit it on the head. That is the problem. Number one, they don't have an ace and the pitching staff. A lot of question marks. Tyler Wells, he doesn't scare you as decent as the numbers have been. Grayson Rodriguez has not been great. I mean, Kyle Gibson, okay, he's been all right, but really, do we trust him? So Kyle Bradish, that is the problem, man. As good as they're playing, yeah. So I'm not surprised that the number is that because you just can't buy into this pitching. So the Yankees, again, they this is like every sport. The Cowboys in football, the Lakers in basketball. Like I remember last year, I was like, how are the Lakers like top – they were like at one point early in the season, maybe January, like top four. And I'm like, because it's a liability for the books. They dropped that number two, four, and you're seeing it now, right? Yeah. You know, the Lakers, all of a sudden, they're the favorites in the Western Conference. I think Denver maybe passed them, though. I think with Denver winning, because they, I believe. But for a moment on Tuesday, before Denver won, the Lakers were the favorites to come out of the West. And, you know, that's why the number early in the year, the books can't put the Lakers down too far because you still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So it's the same with the Yankees. Like they just have that reputation. And if you put the Yankees at ridiculous odds, money's going to flood in on them. So that's why I figured they were ahead of the Orioles, even with some of the issues they have right now. But again, they'll they'll get healthier and they still have better pitching. You know, just Garrett Cole alone. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, Damn, for the record. I can't record- believe that plus 350 on the Cardinals, man. See, I, know, I guess they're right? thinking they're thinking the same way I am because I was ready to hop on a like ridiculous odds numbers and I right yeah you give it to me at like plus seven fifty and I'm like ooh yeah then I'm intrigued I mean because they <laughs> you clearly see the number they don't don't believe in the pirates at all and I don't think anyone does it's been a well, great story not anybody who doesn't have a, a Pittsburgh area code or, or zip code in their address right yeah and it's just you look at this division and you're just like okay well you know that's why the Cardinals can really turn this thing around, man. They really can. Um, This division is absolutely uh, something that they can win because it's it's not that good. 
Not that good. Definitely. Um, just to kind of round it out, uh, let's go to the AL West. Uh, even money for the Astros to win. Mm, that's interesting. Rangers are plus 280. Mariners, 475. Halos are at 500. And, uh, and uh, the A's uh, off the board. 50,000. <laughs> Please don't 000. even put a quarter on that, guys. Not even. Um, in the uh, in the National League, we talked about the Central already. The East, Braves at minus four seventy five, Mets Whoa. plus six hundred. Wow, damn, minus four seventy five. Shit. That's yeah, yeah. That's that's I'm, depressing if you're a Mets fan. I think. It, well, not surprising. <laughs> so basically, the Braves are plus sixty two in run differential. Every other team in the division is negative. Yeah. The Mets you said a plus four seventy five. What is Philly? No, Mets are plus 600. Oh. Uh, Phillies are plus 1,200. Miami plus 3,500. Nats are plus 40,000. You know, I got to say, the Nats are better than I thought. They've been really competitive. They've been hanging in there. I mean, they're only six under 500. Yeah, I'm still in on the uh, – I was still in on the under. For I know that, but remember we were having a discussion, like, who could be worse, Oakland and Washington. Oakland or the Nats, yeah. yeah and I, I think I said Oakland, um, but – the Nationals have been a lot better than I thought. Mackenzie Gore's been solid. Josiah Gray's been pretty good. Corbin has actually not been getting blasted lately. They've played a lot better than I thought. They've definitely played a lot better than I thought, without a doubt. 15 wins right now. That's probably going to probably I, I, eventually it'll 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 kind of wear yes. off. I think. Yeah, I think so, you too. But, but yeah. I got to give them credit. You know, they've they've um, they've been kind of fun to watch, too. Yeah. Holy shit. Who'd have thought that St. Louis has the fourth lowest win total right now right? at 13. And they're plus 350 to win the division. Isn't that mind-numbing right there? Uh, or is that third lowest? Uh, 13, 10 wins for the Royals, 8 wins for the A's. White so, Sox yeah. also have 13, so tied for fourth, right? Because, yeah, A's 8, Royals 10, and Cardinals 13, White Sox 13. Yeah. Jeez. Damn, so there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, at least 10 teams, 500 or better in the AL. And in the National League, there's only three, four, six. Very, very interesting. But as they say, it's a long season. We'll be having this discussion in September. Be like, <sighs> hey, remember when the Cardinals were in last and now they're up in the division by five? We told you. To right, we plus- told you to take them at plus 350. Sprinkle something on that shit. Actually, no. We said, no, that wasn't it. We wanted it at plus 800. And the book screwed <laughs> us. Uh, you'll find that on the uh, Cash It's Greatest Who's Hits that? album. Um, real quick. Um, AL Cy Young is Garrett Cole favored. Uh, I haven't looked at this stuff. I'm gonna I'm look it up too. I'm going to it right now. Here you go. Cole Awards. and McClanahan. Uh, Garrett Cole plus two fifty. Otani plus four fifty. McClanahan at plus seven hundred. Okay, yeah, I figured. It. We got a, we got McClanahan plus eleven hundred in that um, FSGA, right? I believe I we was, did. Yes, I think it was plus eleven hundred. We had him at. Yeah. Yeah. Rookie of the year, Yoshida. We had Volpe, right? He's plus. We had Volpe, yep, who has the third best. uh, Yoshida at plus 120, Josh Young at plus 500, Volpe at plus 800. Yeah, MVP Otani's favorite, minus 105, Trout plus 800. We also had, we did take Corbin Carroll and Jordan Walker. Um, 
for rookie of the year in that in that league. Outman is the number one guy with plus one thirty five. Carroll is plus two ten. Your boy Brett Beatty at plus seven hundred. Okay, yeah. Hopefully we can. Hopefully, yeah. If we get McClanahan at one of the rookie of the years, I think. I don't know if that's enough. Obviously, it depends on what everyone else has, but it would be nice. It we, would be we, nice. An, we, another ring? Wouldn't that be just yummy delish? When we won, we won three or four bets. I know we had Chase rookie of the year, Parsons rookie of the year. I think we won three or four. Yeah, I think because we had like a couple of over-unders also. Yeah, so that would be nice. It would be nice, wouldn't it? It certainly would. Um, all right. Well, damn, uh, time flies when you're having fun, when you're having a good discussion here. Uh, before we scooch on out of here, any uh, any thoughts that you got about, I don't know, maybe the Florida Panthers up three nothing on the what the <laughs> fuck bro? on the Toronto Maple Leafs or Look, I'm not the biggest hockey guy, but they were on the precipice of missing the playoffs. I think they needed Pittsburgh to lose to get in. They get in. They're down 3-1 in the first round to the Bruins, who had the best season ever, most points. They come back and win. And now Toronto, who we know chokes every year. I know they had a good team, and some people thought they could go this year. But I'm like, I was telling Josh Rock, I'm like, dude, really? You're banking on Toronto? I don't, I'm not the biggest hockey guy, and I know. Don't fucking rely on Toronto. They're going to fucking joke somehow. It's crazy, man. Like, it's insane in hockey how this shit happens, man. Well, you get a hot goaltender, can carry you through the playoffs, and that's exactly what's going on right now with the Panthers. I mean, they're playing they're playing good defensive hockey. There's no nothing there's nothing flashy about them. There's nothing spectacular about them. They're playing good defensive hockey. They're countering when they need to counter. And uh, and their goalie is standing on, on on top of his fucking head doing shit. It's crazy. Real quick, it's, some news on the Braves. Uh, it looks like Max Fried and Kyle Wright are each expected to miss at least two months. Wow. They'll figure that shit out. Wow. That, that just that just got a little sun started shine a little brighter for you, didn't it? Adam? Yeah, sure. Uh huh. <laughs> Fuck out of Your here. Your team still lost three out of its last 15 or won three out of its last 15 it, only. Yeah, the thing is the Braves can overcome it. You know, I mean, I know Schuster hasn't been great so far and Dodd, but, you know, maybe they work with them. They come up and they're good. Whereas the Mets, yeah, okay, we get like these fucking retreads. So, <laughs> no, it doesn't make me feel better at all. All right. Uh, hoops treating you okay? Yeah, props have been pretty good lately. Um, obviously, Lakers so close to making the conference finals, which I know is not good for you because you hear from Jim Bowden every day. Oh uh, no, you know, you know. Here's the so so little reverse psychology here, um, and and it works. And you know, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, I I don't know if Jim listens to this podcast at all, but I'm going to reveal, you know, a, a little uh, a little thinking there. I started the show yesterday. Talking about how the Lakers are now minus 500 to just win this series. Um, and I said, I was talking to Corey Parson. Uh, we were shooting a, a, a show for uh, for Better Sports Network. And I said to Corey, I was like, you know, I was like, he, because he says that, you know, anything can still happen and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you got to respect the Warriors and you got to respect the, the the history of them, you know, winning championships and, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, um, yeah. You can, but let's face facts. You could you could say LeBron and and Steph Curry sort of 
you know, cancel each other out to a certain degree. I mean, it's superstar, superstar. Uh, and then what's the supporting cast? The linchpin is fucking Anthony Davis. Right. And and the, the Warriors just they don't have a big man to to square up against Davis. They don't have a big man uh, to, to push him around in the paint. And, and Davis is having his way in three out of the four games. And so, you know, Corey was like, oh, you're relying on 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 old rickety Anthony Davis, the most hurt guy ever to do this for the next three games. And I was like, no. I said, you're only looking for him to do it once more. It doesn't like one out of three. You just need a big game for or, or a solid game from Anthony Davis. And the Warriors aren't going to be able to last. I, you're, you're telling me that the Warriors are suddenly going to figure something out to shut down AD over the next three games to to win this series. I don't see that happening at all. So I started saying that on the show. And all of a sudden, you know, like Jim, who uh, I, I've learned lately is incredibly superstitious has suddenly backed off a little bit and he's suddenly becoming something he's, he's sort of coming back down to earth. It's not like, you know, Cowboys are, are five and one through the first six games of the season. And Jim's like, they're going to the Super Bowl. They're winning it all. Now, all of a sudden, when I start pumping up that the Lakers are going to, you know, just breeze through the, the rest of this. And here we go. He's just like, well, I don't know. The Warriors are really good. This and that. And I was like, it's the best way to shut them up. <laughs> Well, this Warriors team is not what it has been. And I think it's been clear all year. They've been mediocre. They don't play well on the road. They've done a good job of defending Curry game one. They double teamed them, forced them to pass, and then Poole misses the three. So, yeah, they have issues too. The Warriors are trying to figure things out. They've played Kavon Looney less. They've started Gary Payton. They've started Jermichael Green. Like, they're trying to figure things out. They don't have an answer for Davis. It's not like LeBron's blowing up and scoring a ton of points. They got a great performance from Lonnie Walker in the fourth quarter with uh -huh. 15 points in game four. The Lakers defense has been really good. Look, would I be surprised if the Warriors came back from 3-1? No, I don't think it's going to happen, man. This is just a, not the same team that it was. Um, the Lakers defense has been really good. I would expect Golden State to win game five at home, but I don't know if they're going to win game six in L.A., um, I just think the Lakers defense has been really good and, you know, the Warriors have, have had issues. I mean, even the first round, seven games with Sacramento and they won on the road only because Curry had one of the best game sevens we ever seen with 50 points. So right. I think I don't see the Warriors coming back. Would I be surprised? No, because you never want to count Curry out and clay and the pedigree these guys have, but it's not the same. And I think, you know, Jordan Poole has been horrendous in this series, man. Um, and you wonder if that incident with Draymond Green early in the year, I think it has had a lingering effect. I know it's like, oh, why are you pointing it out now? Like he was kind of feisty with the media. I mean, I don't care who you are. If someone punches you in the face like that and it comes out, it's got to bother you and it's got to eat at you. So I think that might have been a slight issue. Maybe we hear about it after. Uh, but I get why people are like, oh. Warriors down 3-1. We've seen this before. And people are like, well, LeBron was in this situation and came back. Now it's Curry's chance to get back at it. But I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening either. And the more I, I say stuff like that, the less Jim becomes a, a cheerleader. So, <laughs> Well, if the Lakers do win Wednesday night, it's going to be a fun Thursday show for you. <laughs> 
ah, you know me. I'll just I'll just use it. I'll just use penalty flags, and we'll go from there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! All right. Well, so that's gonna do it for us here today. Great show as always, Adam. Always great to hang out with you and uh, and and shoot the shit uh anything we we can do i know there's no doubt we can probably do an eight-hour podcast and it'd feel like i could legit sit here and just bullshit for another another four or five hours yeah someone's probably like hey can you guys do a four-hour podcast one day just a marathon podcast (laughs) 24 hours straight of of bender and ronis i don't know people could handle that yeah raise money for charity we we could definitely do that you want to do it? You tell me. You 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 put it down there on the schedule. We can do it. Uh, shit. All right, maybe not twenty. No one's gonna listen twenty four hours, man, to a podcast unless they break it up over a week and then. So maybe more like four, five, six. Oh, you're 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 just automatically cutting it down now. No, I'm you know, saying you, even, you weren't even like a half it to twelve. As much as you like someone, would you really listen to them for twenty four? I mean, I guess there's a hand on one hand you could count, right? Like someone you would listen to for twenty four hours. Like you'd have to be like the biggest fan of them. Yeah, probably. Like it would you, have to be. You have that kind of a fan base, Adam. People love you. Um, maybe people love you too. Uh, not as much. Eh, I don't know about that. Oh yeah, you could see it. You could see it. People swoon over you. Oh, did you watch the latest episode of Ted Lasso? Uh, I oh wait, wait, wait um, episode so, eight, the one that dropped Wednesday midnight. No, I did not. Oh, there was a fish reference early in the show. Was there really? Yeah. Well, thank goodness for that. That gives me <laughs> that gives me something to watch tonight. Then, because wait a minute. The one that are you talking about? The one that just dropped like this tonight, last yeah. night? I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I didn't see that one. Okay, I gotta catch up. That happened to me. I was talking. We were talking to. Um, uh, I was talking to Shan Blunt and uh, and Josh Wagner, producers over at SiriusXM. Shan, who edits this podcast, can uh, can confirm it. Uh, and and if you want to confirm it here uh, yourself, there, Shan, uh, shove a comment in here, uh, and 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 we're okay with that. But. They they were sitting there and they started, they were like, you know, is everybody current on Ted Lasso? And I thought I was, and I wasn't. And they started talking about, you know, him hanging out with his son and the wife and Paris. And I was like, and I'm listening to it. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like, where, where the, and because I, I had sworn that I had just caught up, but apparently I was like two weeks behind. Um, I don't know what the hell happened to me there, but yeah. All right. Fish reference in, uh, in Ted Lasso, uh, I bet it has something to do with drugs. Doesn't it? Mm, no. Okay. You'll see what it is. I will. It's, see it's, it it's early. I think it's like right at the beginning of the episode. Oh, good, 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 good. Because, you know, I have a hard time just sitting through the entire episode. Yeah, I know. My wife, thinks all- I'm, my wife thinks I'm fucking nuts because I'll watch Ted Lasso and then she'll be like, all right, I'm going to go and get ready for bed. And she'll like go and wash up and shit like that. And I'm rewatching the episode like immediately afterwards. Really? Yeah. Uh, that is a little nuts. I, I want to see what I missed. Uh, you-, you miss shit when you're like laughing and, and you know. So pause. What? So pause it then and go back 10 seconds. Why oh, do you have to rewatch it again? Because <laughs> it's that fucking good. Okay. I mean, it is a good show. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In any event, 
that's what's going to do it for us here on the show. Big thank you to everybody out there for uh, for for liking, subscribing, share the podcast with other people. Absolutely. We hit you with the fantasy. We hit you with the betting. Let's go. Spread the word. You'll be happy that you did. We'll be happy that you did. Uh, and then uh, and and we'll get back to you guys on this uh, this charity marathon podcast that Adam wants to do. I'd like to know what charity you're going to play for, though, Adam. Like that's you know that's that's going to be a. a I big... know I know what you are going to do. You're going to do something related to dogs. I'll always do something related yeah. to animals, but right. you know, I mean, listen, I, I think we can I think we can find a happy medium. Uh, we could do multiple charities, or we could just do one charity and just kind of you know do it that way. But I'm curious as to uh, as to as to where you're going to go with it. I have an idea <laughs> of where you're going to go with it, but I'm going to let you tell me what charity you want to donate to. Man, this is so funny. Uh, we just talked about the odds to win the NL East. They're showing them right now on MLB Network. Oh. They're listening to our podcast. They're tapped into our computers and they're taking our info. Tapped in, they've they've like they've hacked into like my yeah. webcam and shit. Yeah. Um, so what is the charity you think I'm gonna do? ah you know what? I'm gonna save that for another time. We're okay. gonna we're gonna leave that as a cliffhanger here <laughs> for everybody. The tease for next week. The tease for next week. Find out what charity Adam Ronis wants to donate to as we set up a charity potathon with me and Adam. How long do you guys think we should go? 10 hours, 12 hours, 24? You tell us. It's just a matter of uh, of that and how much, you know, how much you're gonna willing to donate to, to have that happen. But in any event, we're out of here. Best of luck to everybody out there. Waiver wire action. Adam's got the articles over at fantasyalarm.com coming out this weekend. Uh, I got some best bet stuff coming out here over the next couple of days as well. It's Johnny Empanada's wedding, though. So uh, you know, I'll be I'll be chilling with that. I'll tell you all about John John and Pemba's wedding uh next week on the podcast. Did you See call if, him Empanada? Uh, did you call him Empanada because someone referred to him as that? Yeah, Alan yeah. Seslowski from uh from Rotowire. <laughs> they, they told me that recently. I was fucking dying when I heard that shit. <laughs> I thought it was hysterical. I immediately hit up John and I was like, Are you gonna be serving empanadas at your wedding? <laughs> oh, that is great. How do you how do you see Impemba and go empanada? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know half the shit that goes into the into the mind of Alan Seslowski. I love that fucking dude, but that dude's cray cray. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll catch you. Catch you guys next time. How about that? I'll just get the fuck off this podcast. We love y'all. Peace.